Welcome to Dr. 3, a Hearthstone podcast dedicated to giving you explosive growth and climbing the standard rank ladder. I'm your host, Daring Alkaline, and along with me are my fellow hosts, Dragon Rider and Major Death. So let's go into last week's poll question. Mage, what do you got for us? All right, last week's poll question. We talked about the preferred styles of learning Hearthstone when you're on a limited budget. We wanted to know your preferred style. We had 43 votes, so a lot of votes, a lot of participation. Thank you very much to everyone who voted. 44.2% of you, so just about half, said watching Hearthstone games is your preferred method of learning Hearthstone when on a limited budget. Uh, Playing Hearthstone got almost 40% of the votes. Listening to podcasts or casters, 11.6%. And talking slash reading about Hearthstone was just under 5%, 4.7. So uh, we like watching Hearthstone and we like playing Hearthstone. That, those are those seem to be uh, the two uh, preferred styles for, for the audience here. And, and I, I, can, I can see that. So thank you everyone again for voting. We all have a poll question at the end of this episode. And we appreciate it if you'd, if you'd vote on that one. So moving into the news. So this is this first piece is super interesting to me and it kind of winds up with the last cycle too. 42% uh more players hit legend in August than July according to hearthstonedex.net. Um gathered from community numbers on players hitting legends uh standard August versus standard July. So in North America, August was 22,179 and uh, July had 11,904. So pretty much a 50%, like a hundred percent increase. Is that? Yeah. Almost, almost double. Yeah. So basically double pretty close. So Europe had 34,293 in August, 19,451 in July. So a considerably more amount, another 15,000 essentially. About 35%, 35 to 40% more. Yeah. Like, or like, yeah, over. So... Then we go to China, which had 75,458 in August and only 54,948 in uh, July. Man, imagine seeing, like, being in the legends in the mid-40,000s. Like, (laughs) that is just nuts. Like, whew, that's a lot of people getting into legends. So that's, they have a lot of people playing the game in China, so good on them. And then finally, Asia, in August, it was 14,368, July 7,201. So pretty close to 100, you know, pretty close to doubling again, just under doubled. So that kind of seems to follow suit where new set, people are super excited to play and they just want to play and they hit legend. So that, I mean, we got these kind of numbers last time. Um a set came out i think it was more last time but still it was a significant increase from the the previous months but to be fair last time it was on the old system to the new system so now we get to compare essentially apples to apples to see uh 
see what it looks like. So, yeah, I think it, I think it's interesting that the 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 link that we'll provide in the show notes actually has all the numbers, the community gathered numbers, all the way back to January. So, and you can see it for standard and for wild. So you can see how those trends uh, on the wild side there was an increase as well. So. Yeah, there seems to be uh, there were definitely a lot of people playing in, in in August compared to July, and a lot of people hitting legend. It's awesome. So, still confused about the star bonus? Celestion spells out exactly how modifiers determine in a series of tweets. So, this is kind of a good one if you're considering or trying to figure out why you are where you are so rank and mmr are related but different each can be converted to a star bonus and player which gets whichever star bonus is higher so um so your rank and your mmr determine it the higher one wins so i mean that's pretty friendly so if you hit legend you automatically get 10 stars um, and I think it goes down every rank is your minimum uh, star yeah, bonus, yeah, right? Every, like every every floor is a star bonus, it, right? Is a is a star. So like diamond five is nine. Nine. Diamond ten Legend is eight. Is 10, nine, yep. and then eight is, and then your MMR so is gets you a star bonus as well. And then they look at those two, and then whichever one is better. Uh, for you the player then that's the one that you get you get the higher number so there there's been a lot of talk about how this works and i didn't i've not seen it put as well and as succinctly as celestalon put it in the in these couple tweets after he was asked yet again why you know somebody hit legend and then didn't didn't hit legend legend the following month and why why you know why they got the 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 star bonus that they got so uh this this makes total sense to me and i and i appreciate the the clarity in which this was presented yeah right from straight from the uh star pony's mouth essentially (laughs) uh so um next up we have the cupcake card back is now available in the game shop so they actually fix the bugs they had with it and you can now go buy it for 500 gold or 299 so and i went and i looked and apparently i have the cupcake back and i didn't i didn't realize it and that was i think april 2015 hit rank 20 yeah it was yeah it was early 2015 and yeah so that's uh that's how long i've been playing so <laughs> i didn't even realize Did you- it uh dragon rider did you have the cupcake card back yes yeah i i got it from from way back when yep Uh, i was the i was the only one then i i paid the 500 gold and i bought the card back so that i yeah i have it as well that's cool i mean that's definitely like i'm definitely of the mind all these cosmetic things if if people want to buy them and they want to sell them awesome because like that's my that's one of my favorite things or like like way they can generate revenue is all like cosmetic changes because I feel like that's fair to the player because it's like, hey, do you want to spend money to, you know, have fun with, you know, different heroes and whatnot? Then come on down. It doesn't change. Like, you're not a better mage if you're playing with Cadgar. You know what I mean? You're just 
a mage. So I can I could totally feel like that, right? Yes, uh, uh, that's that's allowed, right? That's it's, totally it's true. allowed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm rocking KT. He sounds so you know the 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 emotes and the and the voice the voice acting. Greetings, fellow seekers of truth. I mean, I I feel just civilized and and just all sort of uh important when i when i qa a mage game i'm running kt so like i am like i love scale of things i love like egyptian style things so like and i love horror so like kt is like right up my alley so like that is like the perfect hero for me so i am i am super excited to get to play kt as much as i am so we don't know how long the cupcake card bag is going to be in the in-game shop, so if this is something that you want to get, I would suggest getting it sooner mm-hmm. rather than later. Um, it just became available today, the 1st of September, as we're recording this. Probably in there at least a week, but uh, yeah, I would definitely get it sooner rather than later. If you yeah, can. don't hesitate. If you want this, just go buy it. Spend the three bucks or spend the five hundred gold. I, I honestly, I feel like the uh, the three bucks is a cheaper p- price for. <laughs> so, all right, um, and then finally, September twenty twenty card back fairy tale is is the one designed on stream in May. It was a three part stream. Um, it took card from concept to finalize before three D modeling. Uh, was it Luke Mancini? Mancini. Okay, so. was the artist for the card back. So, so if you watched watched that three part stream and you were excited about the the card back, it looks absolutely amazing. This card back, I am really excited about getting getting this one into the collection because it t- it turned out really well. It looked cool during the process, and it it, it looks even better in the in the three D version that's going to be in the game. And that's in the game yeah so yeah it's really good looking i haven't i don't pay attention as much as i should to card backs hence me not noticing that i have the cupcake card back and people <laughs> talking about it i'm like i guess i'm i'm just running whatever i was running legend for the longest time just because like hey legend why not so you were using it for intimidation purposes. That's what I, uh, it always worked on me when I started out is I'd go mm-hmm. up against the opponent. It's like, Oh God, he's got the legend card back. I'm not, I've got no chance. <laughs> I mean, there was a little bit of psychological warfare in there, but um, yep. Yep. Uh, I was just, pr- I mean, I was excited to hit legend. So I left it on there for a couple, you know, like I think I hit legend for the first time in 2018 and I left it on there for a while. So, cause it's like, yep, I've hit legend in hearthstone. Yay. So. Makes sense. All right. So we are going to move on to our main topic and we are going to talk about one of the decks, uh, running around the ladder right now. And that is Mally ghost druid. We, uh, we had a conversation before the earlier earlier this week and over the weekend, and we're like, well, what are we going to talk about this week? And uh, Dawn was like, well, we could talk about one of the decks in the meta. And I was like, okay, well, there's like 10, 12 viable, like every... Narrow it down a little bit, would you please? There's, <laughs> I'm trying there's to think... nine relevant classes. Exactly. Shaman's the only irre- pretty much not relevant class at this moment in time. I mean, everything else seems pretty playable 
and it some classes have more than one archetype so like it's that's what's so fun about this meta right now is that there's like so so many different options but yes we are going to focus in on Malagos druid and uh just what it does and what it's aiming to do so you can either you know pilot it yourself and learn a little bit about it or if you see it on the ladder um and if you guess it's Malagos druid before it's too late then <laughs> <laughs> Because I'll be frank, you're not really sure until you see a couple of the key cards, and um, yeah, it's there's still people running Survival of the Fittest with Kael'thas, so I, I'm never really sure what I'm running into until it's probably a little too late, so let's go ahead and talk about Mulligans first. Um, so who wants to open up talking about Mulligans? Dragon, you want to do this? Come on. Let's, let's sure. Talk. <laughs> sure. <laughs> All right. So we kind of broke it down based on whether you're facing a slower matchup or a faster matchup. I would say the slower matchups right now, if you're seeing another druid, uh, if you're seeing a priest, probably warrior, and then mage is debatable. Mm -hmm. Mage, it feels iffy sometimes. I think. Yes. Um. So if you're facing one of those slower matchups, definitely you want your ramp cards. And you're probably, I mean, especially if you have a ramp card already, it's okay to keep the guardian animals and Geppetto if you're running Geppetto. Mm -hmm. um, and then if you're going against a fast deck, which I would say you're looking at mostly Hunter and Rogue right now, yeah, uh, you still want your ramp cards, but... If you have something like a crystal power or a bog beam and crystal power, I feel like you could keep an either. Yeah. You're you're probably not going to use it as quickly against rogue as you would against hunter, but the bog beam especially for for rogue, I think, uh is is definitely a keep. Um the bog beam isn't going to be as good if it's face hunter, but you can keep it. I mean, I like I like it in the face hunter, especially just because you can either innervate or coin it out on turn two against the uh, face stalker and prevent some secrets going up if they don't already have played a tour guide. So like, there's some merit to there's there's merit to the bog beam in both matchups. I feel like so. Yeah, face stalker for sure. Yeah, because that is. Ooh, you don't want them getting the secrets up as soon as possible. So hopefully you'll dodge it. But that's, I mean, uh, I'll be frank. They do like the super fast wide matchups probably aren't going to go your way, unfortunately. But that's, I mean, there's not a deck that doesn't have a bad matchup. So just keep that in mind and play to your outs. <laughs> so, um, and anything else about the Mulgans? I mean, I feel we we're talking about it before the show. Like, um, if you're running uh, Wilds or what is the studies card called? Nature studies. Nature studies. Nature studies probably a keep to in either either matchup. Getting a discount, one mana, paying it up front, potentially finding some some ramp or being able to hit a bigger ramp sooner. 
like being able to drop overgrowth on turn three as opposed to four or going for turn two into overgrowth into or uh, wild growth into overgrowth on turn three and then all of a sudden you can play guardian animals so especially in those faster matchups number two those faster matchups if you're able to somehow piece together enough temporary mana to launch um guardian animals on like turn three that's definitely a good way to to uh equalize that matchup because there's almost no way to come back from that like guardian animals on turn three i don't know how you come back from i think you're sitting pretty good on any matchup if you can pull that off it's not that hard either. It's literally not that hard. If you got two lightning blooms, if you got both lightning blooms and guardian animals, you can do it on turn three. If you have coin, you can do it on turn two. Just think about that. You do, can, you, do you want to do that though? I get that would be my question is, is like, if you have the opportunity to double lightning bloom and guardian animals, like on turn three, is that something you always do? Or like when when do you do that? When do you not do that? Um, I'd say in the faster matchups, I do it no no questions asked. Like if it's there, I'm doing it. In the slower matchups, if there's some sort of re- removal options, even then, like what I'm trying to think, like if you do that in turn three, warrior can't brawl. I mean, to be fair. Warriors, you're probably not doing it against Warrior because if you draw the same beast, there's a chance you can get hit with uh, Bladestorm and, like, there goes both your Twilight Runners or there goes both your Teacher's Pets with nothing done, really lost off their end. Um, I mean, Mage, depending, but, like, they can freeze out the Teacher's Pets um, and leave you with nothing to do the next turn. But I mean, they still have to deal with the teacher's pets. So I'd say like most of the time, there's a few matchups. I'd say you probably won't, but like dropping 10 mana worth of, uh, beast to not do anything next turn seems pretty all right to me in like 90% of the matchups, unless you know, someone can remove it. Like, the, especially the Twilight Runners. Like, the Twilight Runners need to attack. And if you're worried about them getting removed instantly, it's probably not worth it to do it. Um, drop that much mana to have it just... Because what are you, how are you coming back after that? That's basically an all-in play. And if you get a couple turns of value off of them, then it's worth it. If you get, it immediately gets answered, like I said, in the Warrior play, it's not. It's obviously like, well, that that good game. That was my that was my plan. <laughs> yeah, I think you need to look at the context of your hand as well. Mm-hmm. Um, there there were a few games that I played where I had one or two of the beasts already in my hand and had That's the fair. option to do that, and I I went, you know what? I'm just gonna go for it because now what this does is it gets the other beasts out of my deck guaranteed, and oftentimes as well. I, I had to take the chance that even if they were removed, it was fine because if they live, the draw potential that you get off of the Twilight Runners is oftentimes very worth it. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Because I, I feel like the draw is just so important in this deck. Yeah, it's also good good to know what if you know exactly what's coming off of it too, gives you a lot more insight to like whether or not this is a good chance to play it too. So ideally you'd like to pull all your four cost or five cost beast off of Guardian Annals, but you know, obviously that doesn't always happen, so you at least get some generally you have some sort of an idea of what your chances are and like if you have to go for that, like, I need a Lake Thresher right now, if you're playing Lake Thresher, then suddenly that becomes like a, well, this has to happen kind of play. So, yeah, there's a lot of context to running running out Guardian Animals, like, right then and there. But, I mean, in g- general sense, I think it's a stupid good play. <laughs> okay. I just... I So... I feel like we kind of jumped into the middle of this conversation as yeah. opposed to maybe talking about what are, so this is a combo deck. Mm-hmm. There is a set of cards specifically that you are potentially trying to amass to, to kill your opponent. And that is the Malagos burn spells, which is primarily the moon fires and the swipes. Correct. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we have forest warden Omu and germination which is the four mana spell that uh summons a copy of a friendly minion and gives it taunt and so you were telling me the combo because i really i've never done it is you play omu you do this on 10 mana you play omu which is six presumably again no cost reduction on these let's just say you play the germination on it that's 10 mana it gets you a second Omu, it also restores your mana crystals. You play Malagos, and then you play either like a Moonfire or an Innervate or something that's zero to one mana that then refreshes or gives you the second spell burst of your mana crystals from the germinated version of Omu, and then you can do uh, Swipe, Swipe, Moonfire, Moonfire, and Swipe, Swipe, Moonfire, Moonfire, with Malagos on the board is 30 damage. Correct, if I, yes. If I'm counting that correctly. Mm-hmm. So so you can get them down from 30. Obviously, if you use some of that damage before then, you have to account for it and that sort of thing. But those, those that that's the thing you're going to do. But as I, and I think you noted this, uh, Dragon Rider, you can sometimes win with Tempo, just because you played Guardian Animals, and Guardian Animals is that good a card. <laughs> Yeah, yeah I, I just want. Oh, oh sorry. I just no, want to mention my my stats. I played a lot of Mally Ghost Druid over the last two days. So, again, I think uh, Mage brought this up. So today we're recording is the first. So it is the first of the month. Yesterday I played. It was the last of the month. So there might be a little difference in what I was seeing. Uh, yesterday, the very last day of the month, I played a Mally Ghost Druid that was running the Geppetto. And it did not have a Lake Thresher in it, and it did not have uh, Speaker Ghidra. Mm-hmm. And I went 16 and 8 with that yesterday. And then today I played a version that's kind of a little bit more aggro-focused, although it's not running uh, the, the taunts. But it is running the Ghidra and uh, two copies of 
uh, the crystal power. Um, and today I've gone 17 and 13 with that. Overall, the last couple of days I've gone 34 and 26 with Maligos Druid. And yeah, I feel like a lot of the games I won with tempo or just big boards and yeah. not necessarily the actual <laughs> Maligos and beating them down. Um, you can win a lot with just putting on early pressure and them not having an answer with the Guardian Druids or getting an early um, Ysera and, and getting portals out with a lot of the draw that you have in the deck. A lot of decks can't really deal with that. Yeah. And that's why I kind of went into the Guardian Animals play first, because that's really core to any Druid deck at this moment in time. That's how good that card is. Like, it, like Maui Ghost is there to basically back cleanup, essentially. And if you need him to carry you over the line, you can. But, like, Ysera and Guardian Animals do a lot of work. And if you, like, if you're running Geppetto... See, when I, I've played more, um, Maligos Druid, I was playing it without Geppetto. I was just playing it with, um, the, the, the Crystal Powers and Nature Studies and Omu and, um, doing it like that. And I'm unsure about Geppetto. I, I kind of had mixed feelings towards him because some of the times it's like, oh, this is great. I hit exactly what I need. And then sometimes it's like, uh, like if 1-1 one, one Guardian, you know, 1-1 um, one, one Teacher's Pet, not exactly the best thing in the world. <laughs> and, and it's like, oh, well, that just gimps my Guardian animal. So, like, it's it's all draw. But essentially, if you hit one of the key points in the combo, then, like, Geppetto is paid for himself but he is an eight mana six six so you have to be in a point where you can play that and not immediately die too so but yes that's why we were talking about guardian animals first because i'm going off on a tangent um uh, it's just i feel like that's just core to the deck and like uh dragon rider said that like you can win just a lot of games by just putting out pressure you don't necessarily need to hit um 30 damage in a turn but if you're fighting a slower deck, that like that could be a very valid option for you to do is you know, you know, Omu, Germination, Maui, swipe, swipe, Moonfire, Moonfire, thirty damage. So, so um, what, are, what are the decks that you want to face? What are what are it's, what, obviously there's this deck has the ability to play some really good tempo plays. It's got a combo finish that it can use if it needs to. What, if I'm queuing this deck, what what are the matchups that I want to see? Are there matchups I want to avoid? You want to see Priest. This mm -hmm. deck, yeah, this destroys Priest. Yes. Um, I did can. pretty well versus yeah. Demon Hunter as well. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I didn't see very many Warriors, but I did beat the Warriors that I saw as well. Um, and yeah. then for me, the decks that I did not want to see, you do not want to see Paladin. It is such a bad matchup. It's really bad. Like, really bad. Like, I've considered just conceding when I see a Paladin. I'm like, oh, this is terrible. I don't want to do this. I feel, so. I, I feel like Paladin is not that, like, I don't, I never had that bad of a time against Paladin. Like, if I'm able to get on the board with some tempo... Like, they're all board-centric, so, like, if you're able to get on the board and maintain some tempo and actually get a Guardian Animals out 
early or you know in a very timely fashion then like i feel like you have a a a decent shot um but that's my personal preference and i don't want to see i don't want to see this hyper aggressive hunter because it goes wide and literally there's just like i'm like well i'm i'm dead because freezing (laughs) trap exists and that's a thing and you know face stalkers are things so sorry don i I interrupted i apologize (laughs) So, no, no, you're good. Yeah, that that was the other thing I was going to bring up too is that uh a lot of the really aggressive decks feel pretty bad as well. Um mm-hmm. and, and it does also depend on the list you're running. We kind of talked a little bit about that already. If you're not running as many of the kind of anti-aggro tools, then it feels even worse. Oh yeah. <laughs> Cuz you just die. And yeah, yeah, you just even if you can manage to get out a, a guardian early, you still might just die especially to face hunter i think that's probably one of the worst matchups yeah it's able to especially if you get a like i said if you keep writing face stalker because putting up a secret like having one of your guardian animals bounced is literally the worst then you just spent seven mana to draw a, f- a seven cost five mana beast and then get one five mana beast it's like anti <laughs> it's it's not good so yeah it, it it just does not feel that matchup does not feel good against a lot of control decks hence why it's probably very popular at this moment because there are some uh control decks hanging around so 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 yeah so the hunter matchup they can just do a lot of damage and the disruption they can potentially cause with a with a freezing trap can be really difficult because i'm looking at the at some of these lists there's not like a ton of healing in these lists they're Mm -mm. running maybe one or two overflows and like if you're running overflow you're only healing for five and if your hand is such that you don't really want to overflow without milling some cards that could be very problematic and then you've got yeah the ability for the hunter to go wide can present problems because you don't have you've got uh some single target sort of cards like bog beam and 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 your minions that can attack one target unless you're running the the lake thrasher uh but you can't deal with a whole string string of you know that unless you're going to use some of the burn damage that you need in order to do the combo sort of thing. And Paladin yeah. has a lot of taunts. They have a lot of healing. And, uh, you know, they have the potential of creating some very big minions. And they have the Library of Justice, which allows them to take care of, of big minions that you might be able to face as well. So I can definitely see why why those two matchups would be especially problematic. Yeah. I just, I, I get it. it. Like it, I, I, I think I'm not remembering all my paladin matchups, but yeah, it's, yeah, it just, it sometimes it feels bad. Cause like that, that paladin deck can just get on the board on turn one and just never leave it. And if you're not able to do anything about it, then well, then just might as well scoop it up. <laughs> Well, I mean, I just think about how is uh, the the pupil how 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 difficult is that four or five 
with divine shield to get through if you're if you're druid because you're you're not running a lot of cards that allow you to take off a divine shield very very easily and then you it's it's set up to be able to kill a twilight runner or it could potentially take out uh, or not really or basically kind of negate the teacher's pet and so it it it, it is kind of kind of gross and if they're able to make those trades and then and then overflow to heal the their their if if they're able to do that and then heal back up with the library of hope or something that would really just sort of could potentially seal the deal I yeah guess. you just you just have to keep on you have to try and keep up on board against yeah. paladin i mean that's that's basically the best you can do is try and keep minions off the board because if there's nothing there for them to buff and attack with then suddenly they can't hurt you very well but yeah like the argot braggart if they do something big um if they uh what's her face uh the three six with the spell burst i don't remember Hi, yeah, yes yeah. her so if she does <laughs> if she hits herself with the uh the plus eight plus eight spell or whatever you know kind of buff that she can pull out of, pull out of their deck it's yeah it gets challenging you don't have a a great way of either stopping or removing a a large minion without wasting your burst but i mean that doesn't necessarily mean you can't win because if you're you just kind of have to switch game plans at that point in time and just focus on tempo and doing the things that druid's good at and like realize that maybe ysera is probably going to be your win condition and hit like a couple portals at, at a time and force them to make some inefficient removal um and that's probably the you know your best chance is to kind of ditch malagos but i mean then again you can pull geppetto and hit you know Alexstrasza and Malagos, and then all of a sudden, it's it's back on <laughs> to the races. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Things start looking for the home team. So, oh. so we've mentioned Geppetto a few times. And is is he core to the deck? Is he an optional card? What what is his role in the deck? I mean, I feel like he's there to to make your combo. Um, a little bit smoother, but you don't have any control of what he pulls out of your deck. So it's kind of expecting a lot to hit like two combo pieces. Ideally, what you're going to have already done is you ramped up. You've played both your guardian animals and drawn a lot of damage. And he pulls out a combo piece or two um, from your deck uh, and makes him one mana. You know, Alexstrasz is a great piece for that. Because one mana do, you know, a couple, you know, one to 15 damage is pretty good. Um, and then, you know, obviously force Warden Omu for one. All of a sudden you can do uh, do a little bit more on your turn before you have to refresh your mana crystals. Like you can, you know, play Guardian Animals or, you know, do something else. Uh, I'm not thinking correctly. But you can do, you can do more on your turn instead of just going... Omu, um, germination, and then all of a sudden you have 
a lot more to do and suddenly you you can play more for tempo with that as well so there's there's a lot of different options and you can squeeze a lot more things in depending on what you hit with geppetto but that is very touch and go i would say like you feels good when you hit the right stuff feels bad when you hit the the wrong stuff like Oh, gray, a 1-1 teacher's pet. I think I said, I don't know if I said that before or during the podcast, but yeah, that's just like, wow, this sucks. Like, it's just, or or you pull everything out of your deck and then you have an eight mana 6-6 six, six that does nothing. You know, because Druid can draw that fast. So, like, I'm not in love with him. but I understand the functionality in the deck and the, the upsides are very high the low sides are very low so yeah he's definitely not needed but i also think that he's one of those pieces that really determines a few of those other cards that you should or should not run Mm -hmm. uh the list that i had the most success success with that i was playing yesterday uh was running geppetto but like i said it was not running like thresher and i did test a deck that was and Ooh, when you pull a one mana one one oh. lake thresher, oh, that feels <laughs> no. really bad. Like, what do you you don't do anything with that? That just sits there and does nothing. I mean, especially because it doesn't actually have rush. Only if you pull it from guardian animals does it have rush. So you just have a one one in your hand that's like, oh, okay, I don't want that. So I personally didn't like that, and it it made me really consider that. If you are running Geppetto, it feels like those are the lists that you want to be looking pretty closely at which minions you're running. Yeah. So, yeah, it can be hit or miss, but it it feels very dependent on the rest of your deck for if you want to run Geppetto or not. Okay. What are, what are some of the other optional cards that we would run? What, what If you were teching towards aggro, we've talked a little bit about that. What are What are some of those cards? So, like, Nature Studies isn't an automatic include for some of these decks. So, there's Nature Studies. Um, We did say Crystal Power. Um, Overflow, depending on what you're running, you could run one to two Overflows or none. (laughs) I've seen decks not run any, but generally you can run a second Overflow. Uh, Anubisath Defenders. If you want to go, if you're aiming to fight against more aggressive decks than the Anubisess, that's another one that does not feel good to pull from, uh, from Geppetto is a, uh, one mana, one, one taunt. (laughs) So it literally is like, this is infinitely worse than if I were to, you know, pulled it out, you know, my deck normally. So, but if you're able to get an early, you know, either overflow or um, guardian animals. Then all of a sudden, a uh, Anubis, a couple Anubises, then you're stabilized against uh, you know you know the faster decks. So I feel like those are probably one of the ones that uh, is definitely aimed more towards the aggro match because not all of them are running the Anubiseth. Or at least what I've seen. Right. Yeah. I think Crystal Power is another one, too. Uh, yeah. You can run one or two of those. I think you you can probably cut one back if there's not as much aggro. And maybe that's a spot where you can put in Geppetto, because if you're seeing slower matchups, 
you, know, you kind of want to pull some of those combo pieces. Uh, but yeah, I, I would say kind of what Daring said, and then Crystal Power is an, another one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, see, some some decks are running, you know, Breath of Dreams. Some are running, like, you've got like 27 or 25 cards, I'd say, pretty much that are pretty straightforward. Like, Mage Link's the one from, what site was that? Was that? Um, Vicious Syndicate. Yeah, the Vicious Syndicate one. And there are five cards that are flex cards. I feel like that's pretty accurate for the deck. So five to six, depending on whether or not you want to run Geppetto. Um, the rest is pretty solid in there. Like, I've seen people run Breath of Dreams. I mean, that's a possibility. You can run, uh, like we were talking about, Nature Studies instead of the Crystal Powers. Um... Speaker Gidra is not run in all the decks. So, um, and Speaker Gidra is probably, I'd say, more anti-aggro than anything. Um, just because it's a minion that, like, if you play it with even, you know, an overgrowth or a swipe, and it suddenly becomes a 5-8 a with Rush Wind Fury, all of a sudden you can clean up a lot of a board. So, um... I, I and I've seen people also run um Iron Bark and Bog Beam's not an automatic conclusion in all these decks I've been looking at too. So there's a lot of like flexibility to, you know, do what you want to do with the deck. Uh just that 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 core package is pretty much unchanged with Guardian Animals and um you know the the it's the 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 teachers pets and the um, twilight runners are pretty much auto includes. Plus your lightning blooms, your innervates, your swipes, your fire, your moon fires, Malagos, Omu, and germination, um, overgrowth too. So like the, there's that sweet spot. Probably I keep saying like five, but like seven, uh, five to seven different cards you can tune the deck. Depending on how you want it, so. so um, if, okay. If, if somebody's just starting out with the deck, or what what things do you need to know about the deck? Obviously, I think we've talked a little bit about the fact that this deck doesn't have to win with the combo. It can it can potentially win just by playing tempo, and and forcing the opponent to remove the early game the 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 guardian animals minions because because those are just powerful in their own right but what what are some other things that people should keep in mind when they're playing this deck um all right well i'll, I'll talk about a few that i learned from personal experience uh <laughs> first of all i just want to remind everybody omu is a spell burst effect not a battle cry Totally That's did correct. that. Was like, all right, I'm gonna drop this, and then, boom, I'll get my mana. And then I went, uh, why? Why did nothing happen? And it's like, oh, that's right, it's a spell burst, not a battle cry. After I caught on to the fact it's a spell burst, then I got the hang of it. But <laughs> if if you aren't used to playing in that way and thinking through kind of the effect that what order you have to play things in, that can throw you off. Yeah, the combo uh, is very specific in that regard. 
Yes. And then also, and some of these I tested just to make sure, but Omu and then playing Innervate or Bloom, not a good idea. Because, so what happens is you, I mean, unless you really have to play something like that in order to get your mana back, but don't play Omu on six, for example, and play Innervate thinking, okay, this is going to refresh and then I'll have seven and I can play Guardian Animals because, uh, yeah, it doesn't work. You play Omu, you play Innervate, and then it refreshes you back to six. So (laughs) you just lost your Innervates. Oh, no. I wouldn't have even thought about that. But yeah, that I guess makes sense because it it basically, the refresh your mana crystals kind of overwrites the the fact that you got extra mana crystals from a crystal or crystals from, from the Innervate or the Bloom. One so. one thing I want to point out to another technical thing, um, minions copied by germination are copied with their spell burst effect. So if you think you're going to copy Speaker Gidra with germination and get two five eights with Rush and Wind Fury, I did. I've done it too, Dawn. So don't feel bad. Like <laughs> you get you get a five eight with Rush Wind Fury and a one four with spell burst. So, um, don't, yeah, um, don't count on that, uh, buffing up and getting two five eights because you're not going to, you'll get one, a one four and a five eight. So that's something that's very, that's why Omu works the way he does because spell, the minion is copied and then spell burst happens. So the effect of the spell goes off first and then spell burst does. So that's why that uh, what Don was saying there that you can't play Innervate because the, you get the you essentially you go up to one mana crystal and then spell burst happens and you go back to six. So that's something with germination and uh, which is a very specific interaction when copying minions. So something to keep in mind. Yeah, and I mean the spell burst effect is completely new to this set, right? So yes. we're still kind of learning it. It's different than what's been included in Druid or Maligos Druid from previous metas. So yeah, it definitely is something that that people have to get a little bit used to. But once you know those things and can keep them in mind, it helps you out a lot. Yes. I, I I mean this this is something maybe since we've started playing in this expansion with with guardian animals and nature studies, but specifically nature studies is remember it's a one minute discount on the next spell you play, and it doesn't have mm. to be that turn. Yep. But it also you you kind of undo it by innervating or lightning bloom. Yeah. So you want to make sure that you are you know you're using that one mana discount beneficially. Um, and so like we, we talked about it earlier, like the, if, if you're looking for ramp, a really nice thing is nature studies into a two mana wild growth that then pairs really well into a four mana overgrowth. If you can do, do that and you can, and you can just, uh, ramp your way all the way up to seven mana really fast, but, but do, do remember that and do keep that in mind when you're planning out your turns if you have innervates in your hand and you've got guardian animals in your hand and you're trying to figure out how to get from point a to point b uh without inadvertently uh removing that discount and causing your your 
you know, maybe that guardian animal is not to be able to be. Blamed. So if it's so if you have five mana crystals and you see that guardian animals in your hand for six, and you don't have a lightning bloom, and you have an innervate or the coin, stop. It will immediately go back up to seven when you play that, and then you're like, well, what do I do with the rest of my turn now? So, <laughs> yes, that's that's definitely. Uh, I've done that a few times too. So just be careful with nature studies because that discount is on spells. Like it's in the other studies, like uh, the primordial studies with the spell, you know, um, spell damage minions. That is very deliberate. You have to play a spell damage minion. Druid decks are like 80% spells. So (laughs) turns out you could easily play a spell and be like, oh, Where'd my? Oh no, no! <laughs> and, and 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 the other thing is the fact that the like six of the spells cost zero mana, so you have to be yep. very careful that you don't inadvertently use one of those. I mean, it's fine if you do, but just keep that in mind. If that's what, like, if you're counting on that guardian animals costing six, and you need to innervate into it. Or you're trying to lightning bloom into it from four. It, that's just keep that in mind that that will that applies to zero mana spells as well. So you can't have a negative one cost spell. So unfortunately, that goes away. <laughs> yeah, those these are all shortcomings in this expansion. Like this is just like spellburst is a super interesting mechanic, but you have to. Um, keep it in mind and these discounts also keep you on your toes as to like what you're playing and keeping in mind that that mana discount is temporary so is there is there anything that any tips or anything that you could talk about specifically for the mirror match typically mirror matches are really interesting and can be rather skill intensive uh I I definitely lost the mirror matches that I got to see, and I'm curious if there is anything I could have done differently that would have garnered some some better success. I mean, I feel like it's just hit the ramp and like hit the guardian animals. I mean, it's just really it's not much. It doesn't feel like much of a dance. It just feels like you have to kind of do what your deck's doing and hypothetically you should you want to do it faster than your opponent and like that's like kind of like boiling it down but i can't think of anything like right off the top of my head that really stands out in that mirror match that's like uh i mean you don't have any way to interact with the twilight runners if they play them so like you can't kill the twilight runner if they just play a twilight runner straight up you can't just kill it so there's like no advantage you can make there. Um, it's just you just gotta play for tempo and keep up the best you can. If you go ahead, you know, you know, and, and there's I guess I guess like know when you have to go for your hail marys and be like, all right, well, I don't die technically on board, and they're like ten off. But if they have Malagos, then well, you know, I'm dead. But like maybe this is the time for Geppetto, you know, and try and do something there but like just 
I guess I guess my my biggest thing is know how the opposing your deck works, so know exactly what they're trying to do. So when you start seeing red flags, like he plays Geppetto, you're like, okay, well, what do I have to do? How can I survive, or can I put him in a situation where I kill him next turn? You know, can I set up a two turn lethal from from after he plays Geppetto? Uh, ideally, with him not hitting the, the nuts. But, like, yeah, I just feel like combo decks, sometimes you just have to get there first in the mirror match. And it's really, it, I'm not saying there aren't decisions you can make and there aren't things you can do better. But, like, it just, it feels like you have to, you have to draw better. And, like, I guess you could say that about all matchups. But, like, in that in that specific mirror match, I can't think of anything that, like, really sticks out with me to me as just, like, don't leave Twilight Runners on the board. Don't let them kill, you know, draw more than two cards per Twilight Runner. And, you know, you know, is get out your portals and I don't know. So <laughs> it just, it just feels like you just want to play the deck. You just gotta, you just gotta hit it faster. So. Yeah. I you kind of hit there at the end. I think the point that I was going to make is I do feel like Ysera can be a huge, I mean, it, it's good in a lot of the matchups, but I feel like it can be extremely good in the mirror match if you can get Ysera down and start getting your portal sooner. Because the only way that they're really going to clear those is Maligos and a big swipe, swipe. or using their Moonfires yeah. on your portal minions. Uh, just because there's not really a way to deal with the big minions. The swipes and even a Moonfire or... Uh, the crystal powers or a hero power deal with small minions, but they don't really deal easily with the big minions that can come out of the portals. So you might even consider, especially if you have coin, you might even consider keeping Ysera in the mirror match. Yeah, I was just thinking that too. I was like, yeah, it might be worth keeping her because she's probably the win condition that's a little bit more... Uh, hopefully is more reliable than just drawing, you know, drawing better than your opponent. Like being able to get Ysera out earlier than your opponent might be the win condition, even if you aren't drawing the Rampus or like the Guardian Animals right away. So, And there is so much draw in the deck that it's likely you're going to start pulling out those portals fairly consistently or, or early if you can get it early. Yeah. So... I think that's I think that's a really very good point. So, um, anything else we want to talk about, Malikos Druid? I feel like it's hard to to play at first, but once you start getting it and give it some time, because uh, I kind of made a note here that sometimes one of the weaknesses of the deck is the deck itself. Kind of like you yeah. said, the draw. If you don't draw, you ramp. Or if your hand is all of your five cost beasts, and then your you know your guardian animals are worthless, and you can't really do much, yeah, it, it can feel bad. So if you play only a few games, give it give it more of a chance, and it definitely can take some learning because every every game can feel fairly different based on all of those draws. So you kind of have to play a little bit differently based on what the deck's giving you. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. It is. It's not an easy deck to play. It's challenging, and it's also rewarding to to pull off a a big combo and kill your opponent from a high life total. Um, 
it's definitely rewarding. So it's it's worth keeping at. Um, and I mean, I guess if you feel like you are running in too much aggro, then this might not be the deck at that wherever you are. If you're hitting pockets in a meta, but if you're not, then yeah, like Dawn said, just keep keep playing the deck. You'll learn it. Um, you'll figure out your your keeps. I mean, we've kind of highlighted that throughout the episode, but um, you'll 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 figure out the the. Uh, I feel like the deck is intuitive once you get into it. It just knowing a lot of the the field and where where and where you can't take damage and what your opponent's reach is against the deck is extremely important. So, okay. Any 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 closing thoughts, Mage? Do you want anything? No, no. I think I think we. I think we covered everything. I, it's combo decks are not necessarily my foray. They're not the the kind of the style of deck that I play particularly well. And so, I will tell you after the games that I played, I was kind of disgusted a little bit because I'm like, this isn't working. Dang it! I'm not Malagosic and hitting him for thirty. So uh, yeah, <laughs> I I I, I think I think definitely there's there's a the this is not just curve stone start of playing a playing the minions thing. You have to have a, a kind of a proactive game plan with this, but also think about how you can set up so that Malagos plus a Moonfire, Malagos plus a swipe or something can help you finish off a game. And and so that that's going to take some practice. And uh, but uh, but 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 it definitely it, it's interesting and, and definitely. I can, I could see why people find find these sorts of decks interesting and fun. So, so one 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 final thought I just realized I didn't say it's more realistic to expect Malagos to do twelve hand twelve damage from hand with just two moonfires. That's probably a much more reasonable. Like you don't need Omu, you don't need Germination, you don't need a bunch of setup. If you hit them with Alexstrasza and then you hit them with Malagos face you know moonfire moonfire you've probably killed them so like don't don't hone in on the swipes too like i feel like that is the trap that like sometimes you can hit that like be like oh my god i'm gonna hit the 30 damage and sometimes that works but i that's it's like use the swipes more proactively when you have to like that's what they're there for like i feel like the the uh the the, the moon fires with Malagos are probably more nails in the coffin than than the swipes are and then it turns out like you can use germination with a bunch of other things too so like germinating a twilight runner or you know another teacher's pet you know so like there's a bunch of different ways to use the deck so don't just hone in on using it as Omu and you know getting the full 30 damage so that's I guess that's like one final takeaway I would put in like I think it's okay to hold on to like Malagos Moonfire Moonfire but if you like don't hone into the combo because you can win with Alexstrasza you can win with Guardian Animals you can win with a lot of things so good call alright so uh Let's go ahead and go into this week's poll question as we wrap up. 
right. So we obviously talked uh, a great deal about Malagos Druid. We talked about one card in particular, uh, Geppetto Joy Buzz, the eight mana six six that says Battlecry, draw two minions from your deck, set their attack, health, and cost to one. We want to know. Do you prefer playing Geppetto in your Malagos Druid deck? Um, he's, he's definitely, I think, adds a little bit of complexity and skill, I think, to the deck. And knowing how best utilize the 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 cards, getting the cards you want with Geppetto and that sort of thing. So let us know, yes or no. Do you prefer Geppetto in your Malagos Druid deck? And we will talk about the results on next week's show. Awesome. So speaking of the show, you can find the show uh, via email. You can email us at dr3hs at gmail.com. You can find the show on Twitter at dr3hs. Um, and you can find our top pin tweet. And that will take you to the Dr. 3 Discord. Also, we post um, every week when the show goes live. So uh, go ahead and follow us on Twitter. And you'll get to see when the show goes live. Um, also, I will retweet when the show goes live at Daring Alkaline. Don? All right. Um, I'm going to spit out a lot of stuff real quick, but I'll go through <laughs> go it fast. For it. All right. You can find Take me notes, on Twitter. everybody. Take notes. Yeah, right. You can find me on Twitter at Donnie DK, D A W N I E D K, on Twitch, twitch.tv slash DragonRider DK. Uh, you can find me casting on Sunday nights for Supergirl Gamer Pro. You can find me playing in THL. Uh, started last week. This week, uh, Aspirant Series is starting. And then next week, uh, throughout the week, and these are all going to be casted, you can find me playing in the House Rivalries Masters. Oh, mouthful okay got, got a few things going on there exactly there. keeping real busy and mage you want to take us home yes yeah, so you can find me on twitter i'm at mage of death monday wednesday friday you can find me on twitch at twitch.tv slash mage death and that will do it for us for the week and as always guys you've been listening to dr three What is the Malagos boom? That should be like a boom. I don't know. Like, can you just can you just have like the moonfire sound effect? That's like a like a meteorite falling. <laughs>